This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios in South Central Alaska, USA, live and local 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on KVNT 1020 a.m. and 92.5 FM, your best source for morning news, traffic, and weather, streaming live online at TomAndersonShow.com. Phone lines are open. Dial 907-357-5868. That's 357-5868. Politics and news from a guy who's made it happen. Your morning drive just got a whole lot better. Good morning, America. Here's Tom Anderson. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday, October 11th, 10-11-22. Happy to have you on a morning that I see snow outside. I'm sure some of you saw it last night, and I remember why I didn't become a meteorologist because I rarely predict it right yesterday. I said, I don't think it's going to snow and we have a 30% chance of it. And I predict that it'll come in November and I was drastically wrong. And we had about an inch and a half, two inches here in the Valley where I live in Meadow Lakes, North of Wasilla. I don't know about all of you. But it's here, and I don't think it's here to stay. I think it'll melt, and I think it'll get warmer. And my prediction is we won't have a, I guess you could say, a snow that sticks with us for a while. Well, see, now that you said that, it's it's going to snow again. Yeah, hopefully. It's going to get colder, and we're going to get more it, snow. It's not going to stick, though. I really don't think so. It just It's not even middle October, and I don't remember ever in my lifetime living here it snowing this early and staying so we will see. That's a good point. I don't want to jinx it. Hey, President Biden reevaluating finally the relationship with Saudi Arabia after oil production was cut. I reported on this here over the last couple of days. Biden's angered by the kingdom's decision to team up with Russia, as he should be, finally. And they slashed petroleum output. And... There's retaliatory measures being proposed by Congress, including maybe slowing down our arms sales to Saudi Arabia, to that kingdom, which doesn't distress me whatsoever. It makes me happy. And then, of course, there's a new antitrust measure being prepped. And again, this reevaluation is all because Saudi Arabia, with this OPEC Plus, teamed up with Putin and Russia and they cut oil production and that pretty much put Putin in the limelight showing he has some power but then it raises American gas prices right before the midterm elections it's not good I think the president's been very clear that this is a relationship that we need to continue to reevaluate, that we need to be willing to revisit it. That's what John E. Kirby said, John F. Kirby, the strategic communications coordinator for the National Security Council. And I would agree. We've had Fred Flights on, my friend from D.C., many times, the former chief of staff of the National Security Council under, uh, what's his name? And now I forget his name with the with the big mustachio. Uh, and in that position, there is a concern by many. John Bolton is the guy I'm thinking of. 
Uh, and we've had John on this show as well before he was the National Security Council advisor. Folks thought he, he was too much of a war hawk. Even Fred distanced himself from John, but now we're seeing some of his points are coming to fruition. John Bolton's. Senator Bob Menendez, a Democrat from New Jersey and chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, assailed Saudi Arabia for effectively backing Russia in its brutal attack of Ukraine. So I think you're going to see both sides of the aisle, Republican and Democrats, come at them. I really do. And Saudi Arabia deserves it without question. And I would be shocked if any of you disagreed. In the meantime, I I read something that's very enlightening, that's very uplifting, that's very empowering. And that is one of my favorite Democrats, Tulsi Gabbard, the former congresswoman from Hawaii, who is intelligent and beautiful and tenacious and did the best job, I think, on the dais, on the Democrat side, running for president. Guess what she just announced? She retired in 2021 as a congresswoman from Hawaii. And in a 30-minute video, she states, I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that is now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism at every turn. Boy, is it true. Not all Democrats are like that, but many are. And she has released the Tulsi Gabbard show. The Tulsi Gabbard Show. And the headline of her first episode is Why I'm Leaving the Democratic Party. Good for her. Rock and roll. I love it. I'm sad that she's not a a policymaker, but I'm happy that she has left the party. Former House Speaker Newt Gingrich praised praised Tulsi and, and complimented her. He said, hey, You're ditching the Democrats, and you're one of many Americans who traditionally voted blue, but now you find your party, the Democratic Party that you've now left, unrecognizable. Gingrich said Gabbard has always been sort of an independent maverick, and he says, I think when she ran for president, she realized how really isolated she was from the great majority of the Democratic Party, which now, frankly, is a pretty weird party. I think you're seeing this drift, and we've certainly seen among Latinos a huge drift towards the Republican Party as they've left the Democratic Party. And I would agree with Newt Gingrich, wouldn't you, former speaker? I would absolutely agree with him. So do you think he is correct that other folks will leave? I wonder. I do. I wonder if... Other Democrats will leave. I wonder if, I'm looking, by the way, do you know why I'm pausing? I'm looking at this cartoon of fish talking and saying, Mary Potola for our fish, fight out-of-state corporations, reduce wasteful bycatch. (laughs) That's her latest ad. I I don't know how that works. She's going after trawlers and she's 
at post Kodiak debate trying to, I guess, get into the southeastern pocket of voters. I think at least half of them lean right of center. It's kind of a Tulsi Gabbard moment. I don't think they're going to go Democrat for sure. Hey, what are your thoughts on all this? On Democrats, on Saudi Arabia, on Ukraine? A lot of things happening. Phone lines are open and we'll keep them open throughout the show. 357-5868. 357-5868. Otherwise, sit back, relax. We're about to take off here. Get your drink and don't fall asleep because we're going to get into some interesting news. Stay with us. Good morning. Tom Anderson Show. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. There's a long black train, black train, dark train. I can't remember the lyrics. I played this song. Uh, little Josh Turner, folks. Welcome back, Tom Anderson Show. Good morning. Happy, happy Tuesday. Sorry, Gary. I'm in a good mood because we have another day of life. Another day of, of two inches of snow. I'm not exactly happy with that. I don't know too many people that are right now. <laughs> have you? We what did your family aren't. say? Did you? Did you have anybody saying, "Oh my God"? Or were you talking to people last night? Um, I think everybody that we talked to were just kind of like, "This is way too. It's way too early. Why are we doing? Well, like, why are we getting snow right? It's it's not even halfway into October, and we have an inch of snow. And I think a lot of people are upset about it. Yeah, I think you're right. No, this is true. My friends, this too shall pass, I hope. I hope, I hope, I hope. But not in Ukraine. When Russia invaded Ukraine in February, many Ukrainians took shelter underground for days, even weeks. You know, they were not used to this, and there were bombardments, and there was fighting, and they were scared. And I have friends that moved to Canada, were able to get into the United States. Mike Robbins calls in intermittently with his Ukrainian relief. Scary times. Yesterday, though, it exacerbated. Because that bridge was blowing up over the weekend, Vladimir Putin hit at least 11 Ukrainian cities with missiles in its broadest aerial assault against civilians since the beginning of the war. But you know what? Even with all of that occurring, the Ukrainians came out of their shelters within hours, not within days or weeks, within hours, particularly in Kiev. In the northeastern city of Kharkiv, another one, all these eaves, which has seen more bombardments than Kiev for sure, residents shifted to war footing and stocked up on things like canned food and gas and drinking water. I mean, imagine, I, I report on this every week because this is happening in the United States, strike that, in Europe, and the United States is affected by it. And I think you should be knowledgeable on week to week, month to month, what's going on. And Russia's latest strikes, it did inflict significant damage, killed at least 14 people, I'm surprised not more, injured 89 destroyed some vital infrastructure and caused power failures. So is there, as the New York Times says, 
a shattered sense of calm, yeah, they were starting to get back into the grind of things. But has Vladimir Putin crushed Ukrainian resolve or morale? Not even remotely. Not even remotely. If anything, this occurrence has prompted President Biden to help with missile defense infrastructure and technology that can warn Ukraine when missiles are coming in. They must have some technology because they took out two-thirds of the missiles that came towards their cities yesterday. Putin says, well, the strikes are revenge for the explosion on Saturday that partially destroyed that bridge that connects Crimea. It was a strategic attack from Ukraine, of course, because it strained, if not stopped, Russian supply lines. Ukrainian troops have taken back more than 1,200 square miles of territory in the east and south since last September. These recent Russian attacks have prompted even some of Putin's supporters to criticize him. But the good news is the war has depleted Russian forces. And this is not good news. This is sad. Estimates of tens, multiples of tens of thousands of troops killed. That could be 20 or 30,000 men. That's a lot of people. That's very sad. Western sanctions obviously have damaged Russian ability to restock its military equipment that it's used. It's lost some on the battlefield, particularly some high-end weapons. Ukraine either blew it to shreds or took it. Ukraine's recent advances in geography have worsened problems for Russia. Putin has called on Russian forces to come together in a draft. He wants to rebuild its military, but training and deploying the soldiers is going to take months. I mean, you're talking spring or summer. And then Putin has resorted to these missile strikes, which really do little to obviously help Russia gain territory. And it's trying to, it's meant to put Ukraine, I guess you could say, in a state of constant unease and maybe to keep the Ukrainian economy from functioning. But it's a gamble, and Ukrainians and, and Western Europe and U.S. and Canadian and Australian and New Zealand and you know other nations that support Ukraine, our resolve is not going to falter under this constant pressure of war. If anything, I think Ukraine is going to far from collapse, and I think Ukraine is going to get stronger. They've got willpower. They really do. So for what that's worth, that's happening. That's your latest report on Ukraine. And yep, it sucks that Russia sent those 11 missiles out and, and they landed. Many did not. But the good news is Ukraine's not going anywhere and they're ready to battle. So be prepared. I read something else here. Did you hear about the the gal Nuri Martinez, she's a Los Angeles City Council president. She stepped down in the leadership role yesterday. My guess is she's going to quit completely. Recorded leaking of her making racist remarks about whites, by the way, about another council member's child in 2021 
came out, Martinez still hasn't given up her seat on the council and a growing number of L.A. politicians, including Mayor Eric Garcetti, are calling on her and the other council members she was with while making those offensive comments to resign. At least the Democrats are consistent there. Normally they ask Republicans to do that and they ask Republicans to resign. She said, hey, I take responsibility for what I said, and there are no excuses for those comments. I'm so sorry. That's what she said. The remarks were part of a leaked audio. Again, this is L.A. County City Council. And the leaked audio was posted anonymously on Reddit and then, of course, obtained by the Los Angeles Times. According to the newspaper, the audio details a conversation between Martinez and several other council members. Sadio and De Leon, they look like they're both Hispanic, probably Mexican related. That's what's happening in California. You're seeing Hispanics. If you're Spanish, you know that it, it, more and more and more and more and more they cross over and you cross over and, and, um, or your family does. And it, you know, I mean, America is becoming very, very, very densely Hispanic and maybe you like that. Take, take it over. Um, but it's interesting with racism. It goes all ways. Whites always get picked on. And in this case, it wasn't us. Much of the conversation focused on maps proposed by the city, L.A., uh, and redistricting and the redistricting commission. And the idea they were, these folks were frustrated. They said, we want to ensure that heavily Latino districts did not lose economic assets. The council, council members then discussed council member Mike Bonin, a white man. In clips of the leaked audio posted by the Times, Martinez has heard recounting a conversation and says uh, Bonin thinks he's an effing black. According to Martinez, Marti, uh, the Times, Martinez says Bonin appeared with his son on a float in a Martin Luther King Day parade, and he handled his young black son as though he were an accessory, she said. The Times reported that Martinez also said of Bonin's child, he looks like a monkey. In the leaked audio, Martinez can be heard speaking about Bonin's son allegedly misbehaving while at the parade by hanging from a whale, a, whale, a railing of their float, saying, hey, that kid is going to tip, tip us over. They're raising him like he's a little white kid. So he needs a beat down. Let me take him around the corner. And then I'll bring them back after a beating. So that's that's your L.A. City Council there. Real joys. Hopefully she leaves the City Council and reflects on her racism and attitude. And it's the very reason Tulsi Gabbard from Hawaii that we started the first segment with has left the Democratic Party. Stop pointing fingers at the Republicans. And by the way, Nick Bagich, who was quoted as saying he's not really gone negative against Sarah Palin, he's just looking at her uh, her record, shame on him. His ads say she's a disgrace. He made fun of her event as if his events are, you know, big and populated. I know, I know some of the events Nick Bagich has had. They're not remarkable. He's, he's lost every race he's run in this election. So he, the, you want to talk about sour grapes and being ticked off because he's losing. That's where that comes from. He's definitely not been positive.
Now, I know I segued from the racism and vitriol of Los Angeles Council to Alaska. The reason I did that is, and we'll get to it later, ADN, Alaska's News Source, Associated Press, you know, they're all covering the congressional race, and they say both are negative. And again, I don't agree with that. I'm the one helping write the damn ads for Sarah. They're not negative to me. They're just not. They're positive, and they're talking about her, and they say rank the red, a couple of them. Nick Bakich's ads say Sarah Palin is a disgrace. So you tell me what's negative. I'm sick of this. And I don't know why journalists are buying into that other than they want to help Mary Peltola. Stay with us, my friends. 357-5868. Tuesday, Tom Anderson Show. Oh, I love my rosy child. You got the way to make me happy. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Hey, we're back, everybody. Good morning. 34 minutes after the hour. Happy Tuesday, October 11th. Drive safe out there. I know there was some snow. It's melting in our area, but you never know on the roads and with the temperatures. It might be icy. If anyone's driving, if you wouldn't mind giving a report, Dylan will take your call. You don't have to come on air, but how are... How are the, the, the highways, how is the parks, and how is the Glen? Would anybody mind letting the rest of us know as we're traversing the parks and the Glen? Though, you know, Seward Highway, fine as well, if you want to call in on that in Anchorage, in the heart of Anchorage there. But the Glen and the parks are systems, corridors that, that a lot of our listeners, lots of our listeners listen to. And so if someone called in and said, this is what I found this morning on the parks, this is what I am in on the Glen, it would remind people about how to drive and to maybe go safe. And if you want to talk to the audience, that would be even better because it's live radio. 357-5868, add that 907. 357-5868, 357-5868. If you don't want to, if you're uncomfortable, just let Dylan know, hey, you can say, uh, you know, hey, Dylan, tell people that it's bad here, it's good here, or there's no ice. It's dry and nice. So you tell us, 357-5868. In the meantime, I was looking at, I always look at National Public Radio and Alaska Public Media, and I encourage you to support them so the tax dollar doesn't have to. NPR.org has a story. There's a spike in respiratory illness among kids, but it's not just COVID. And I want you all to be aware of that, especially if you have kids or grandkids. So let's go to NPR. Against spike in respiratory illness among children. Pediatric hospitals and emergency departments around the country say they are inundated with sick kids, and it's not just COVID. We are seeing an earlier start to our typical respiratory season. We would call it winter respiratory season, and we're seeing more kids infected with viruses from late summer into early fall and now going into the winter. Dr. Ibukun Kalu is with Duke Children's Hospital in Durham, North Carolina. She says they're seeing unusually high rates for this time of year of kids infected with viruses like RSV, also a suite of other common respiratory infections. We're seeing rhinovirus, enteroviruses, and some of those can spread all through the year. I think the combination of ongoing COVID as well as kids that have symptomatic respiratory illnesses from other viruses and require hospital support 
is overwhelming the hospitals due to the beds we have available, but also some of our staffing needs. And to be clear, this is just kids? Or are you seeing somewhat similar spikes among grown-ups too? The rates of infections that are occurring in kids are higher than what we're seeing in adults. The reason for more severe illnesses with some of these viruses is the smaller airways in kids because the viruses get in there and cause such high amount of inflammation, they are unable to get air in. And that's why we see such severe illnesses with a virus like RSV. Well, so what's going on? What might be driving this? That is uh, that is a question we're all trying to figure out. Our habits, our ability to wear a mask, particularly early in the pandemic, and uh, shifting travel patterns changed how the virus spread. And a lot of kids were not in community childcare settings for a long time. Right now that we're back to relative normalcy and seeing viruses spread again. Maybe some of them were dormant. Maybe some kids did not have prior infections, so don't have any built-in immunity for other viruses. Or maybe they changed just a little bit and seem to be spreading faster amongst our kids. So it's it could be any of those where people are trying to figure out which particular reason, but ultimately we are seeing more infections early in the season, anticipating it might be a long protracted season. And trying to encourage everyone to do what they can to reduce spread. For parents, for families out there trying to figure this out, what should they look for? When is it time to take a kid to the doctor, take them to the hospital? So kids get lots of infections. They typically would have a runny nose, a cough. They might have a fever or a change in the ability to eat or drink. Usually, most parents and caregivers can manage routine symptoms at home. It is good for you to contact your provider and talk through symptoms and be aware that if you see any of those symptoms worsening, specifically if a child is having issues breathing or is constantly throwing up or unable to drink or eat. You know, kids usually are drinking. (laughs) Normally um, those things. I don't think we need her to tell us that. That's funny. If your kid's chronically throwing up, can't eat, can't drink, is hunched over crying in the fetal position, yeah, bring your kid to the doctor. Thanks, Einstein. (laughs) Sorry, it's not funny. Those maladies or problems are not funny, but it's an obvious one. I think that the uh, journalist was asking more at a lighter level, like if your kid has a cough, do you rush your kid into the doctor? Probably not. But if your kid is having trouble breathing more than a few hours and not, and I don't mean um, serious heavy breathing, where of course you'd bring into the doctor, but light heavy breathing, then there may be a respiratory illness. And that's something that y'all want to be concerned about. Okay. You really do. Hey, we were talking about Russia earlier. Websites of 14 U.S. airports, including Atlanta's Hartsfield, Jackson, and LAX, one of my favorites, were briefly offline yesterday. Thanks to Russia, Russia speaking hackers known as Killnet. They've been targeting NATO countries since Russia invaded Ukraine. They've claimed responsibility for recent cyber attacks on local government websites. The attacks didn't appear to disrupt actual travel, so they didn't impact passengers, except that one guy who loves about us pages. (laughs) 
that's funny. In other words, when you go to the airport website, it's down. So if you if you get your jollies reading about the history of the airport, the website was down briefly. But you know, the government, Vladimir Putin's government is funding that. So it goes back to when any of you compliment or praise Russia, very few people in my audience, Dalton may be the exception, do so. Um, you know, this is the type of crap they do on what seemingly is a benign level, but it can exacerbate. It doesn't just have to be missiles sent into Ukraine. There are these pesky problems that percolate and then get worse, and they're not pesky any longer. Suddenly they affect transportation or worse. Someone could be harmed when when systems go out. So just be aware of that. I was reading about Apple's new iPhone 14 and Apple watch models, which have a function called crash detection. And they've been mistakenly calling 911 over roller coaster rides and other non-collision rides. And that's according to the Wall Street Journal. So all the makings of a good coaster, this is what happened. Um, if your phone thinks you're in a car wreck, it deploys a warning on your screen with a 10-second countdown before automatically alerting 911 and sending your location in case you like have been really hurt. The ability to detect serious crashes was a big selling point for the new device, and it's proven vital in actual crashes, so it does work. But the accidental calls to first responders waste resources, so there's that problem on the side of it but the the main purpose of it seems to help with particularly big crashes the warren county communication center in ohio has received six calls already from iphones on rides at king's island since september and that's when the iphone 14 was released and it's not just prank calling first responders. One motorcyclist's new phone alerted his emergency contacts, his mother and his girlfriend, that he had been in a crash after it flew off his handlebars onto the highway. So I was not aware of that iPhone 14. I know that everyone wants to get those now. I typically wait a bit to make sure all the problems are repaired and fixed before a couple times i've got it the the month that got out maybe the iphone 10 but now i'm more cautious and i don't know how you all are when there's a new phone out like particularly with iphones i wonder if all of you jump to get it my guess is there's a 5 10 15 percent group of folks that get a call from verizon and these other shops and say trade your phone in remember they take your phone and, you know, with the Verizon, what I don't like with their reseller out here, they don't give you cash. It's better to sell. Rick Milliken, our former producer, taught me that. Sell it online. Get three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred bucks for it. Don't trade it in for a phone cover and all that crap. Verizon does that. And it's like, God, you know, this phone. And they look for damage. And they're like, okay, you think it's worth a thousand. It's worth two hundred. And so we'll give you, oh, phone money? Nope. We're going to give you a cover. We're going to give you some cords and wires. And it's like, no, I want the cold hard cash. So be careful trading in. I think it's better to sell it yourself if you do get the iPhone 14. And then don't go on a roller coaster because you may be calling 911. Stay with us, my friends. Little Creedence Clearwater Revival's John Fogarty right here on The Tom Anderson Show.
This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Hey, we're back. Tom Anderson Show, 14 minutes after the hour. I ask and you respond, and I appreciate that. Mark calling in. I believe he's on the Glen. And, Mark, are you driving into Anchorage, I presume? I am. I'm uh, just now coming in or passing through Eagle River. The, ref, the traffic here is pretty much stop and go. Uh, very much on the slow nature. Started up uh, this morning on the other side of Bogard in Wasilla, where the roads were incredibly slick. Once making it to the Glen, uh, there were several accidents, one pretty major there, Trunk Road. It had back traffic up all the way past Lowe's. So I would recommend that people keep their wits about them. Wow. Did you hear that, folks? Multiple accidents, and he at least earlier, and it, it's still cold. I mean, I know you see the sun rising, and you're driving, Mark, so you know, uh, obviously, daylight's coming, but it's still, I don't think it warmed up excessively over the last hour since you left. So that means there's still going to be that ice. Yeah, that's scary. I Granted, we had our first, quote, snow yesterday, but it's not that snow and ice that you and I are familiar with where everybody's, you know, there's a lot of wrecks, and we see everybody in the ditch and going off because they don't have their studs mark i'm going to ask you a question on driving are you uh and you probably didn't anticipate this one but are you a guy that that believes in uh, people having studded tires and then if you are uh when do you think we should get them on because i'm always mixed on that i, I think they're good so people don't get in a wreck but i hate to see people use them year round and chew up the roads I agree. I was uh, pretty much standing by with, um, I think there's reversal guide tire that's out in that. Yeah. Around the 15th of September, I believe it was. Uh, once we heard the ad, I went ahead and switched up to my stud tires on all my cars. Yeah. Well, you were smart to do it because now here, somewhat early October, for the first week of October, almost a little bit after it snows. So, no, I, I agree with you. I just, okay. I would prefer, and I think you did the wise thing and you're going to be safe as a result. But I think that folks that keep them on 24 seven for, for a year, it sounds like you agree. Uh, they're, they're just chewing it up. I kind of agree with the rules to get them off at some point when we know winter's gone. But hey, Mark, yeah. please drive safe. And man, thank you for calling in. That was kind of you. Now people have been warned for the folks that are listening at this time period be careful on the glen and on the parks he mentioned bogard and if you're coming from wasilla into anchorage please be careful mark drive safe thank you you betcha well that's good and and i had some people text and some folks write on facebook a lot of people mark had the courage to call in don't don't be in fear folks you heard mark he's smart he just he went through it. We're we're Alaskans talking to each other. I do my silliness and my shticks and I read the news, but I'm just like all of you. I'm just doing this show. Get the message out. Remind people to be careful in between Russian hacking and PFD amounts and who's running for what. It's interesting here. I'm seeing and I was pausing earlier if you were listening to me because I was looking, I was on a what was I on? I can't maybe I was on Fox News looking at the Tulsa Gabbard Congressman Gabbard, former Congresswoman, leaving the Democrat Party. That's headline. She's like, I'm sick of the Democrats. And hey, you know I'm Republican, right of center. 
I'm not like ultra conservative. I'm not David Eastman, but I'm definitely more conservative than not on many issues, especially financial issues and, and economy. And I'm looking at these, you know, there's a, it's a, a, a animated display ad. You see those, you see ads that move motion graphics. You see ads that are static. You see videos, right? When you're on any of you on the news, ADN.com, wherever you're at. And how that works, by the way, is these publications have salespeople that sell. And those are the ads that stay there every time. Like you go to ADN.com and you see an ad on the top or the right. Right now, there's some anti, uh, anti Kelly Shabaka ads from the Lisa Murkowski Independent Expenditure Group. The red kind of shows a, uh, unattractive face of Kelly Shabaka. I don't, by the way, I don't like that when people, you know, someone's talking and then they grab you right when you're making a smirk. I don't roll that way, but each two is on on how you're going to do. We, we've done some work with the IE, so I want to, I don't want to get fired here, but I don't know. We didn't design that ad. So when we look at these ads, if you look at the ads at ADN.com, someone either bought them direct, they called an Anchorage Daily News salesperson and said, can I place an ad? And then you're going to get space on that website or 90% of most publications is open up to the ad exchange, all the digital ad exchanges out there where you can buy property on a website and display your ad. And guess who owns 75% of all that property? Google. The, by the way, my firm Optima, we're experts in Google, and I mean experts. We we do massive amounts of of Google advertising, very intricate and, and layered, and it, I won't complicate it. But this ad was I don't know if it was I already clicked it off, but it might have been through Google. But it goes to it's it's for Mary Peltola, and it says Mary Peltola for our fish, and it's a good, good cartoon. It shows a big fish smiling. It says stop pebble mine, and it shows that same fish and then the other half of it are bones like you know they died protect alaska fisheries and then paid for by i clicked it on the break and it goes to peltolaforfish.com and i just clicked it and it says as an alaska native democrat rep protola poses pebble mine pebble mine would generate huge ponds of toxic uh, mine tailings. I'm sure Joe's listening and loves this. Re-elect Representative Mary Peltola. Fight for our fish. It says we're free and fair democracy pack. That's who paid for this. We're funded by people, not billionaires. And then you go to the about page and this website was so quickly put up. Uh, template websites have Greek um, or, you know, Latin, Greek, Latin, uh, just filler. And lorem ipsum dollar sit amet. That's what this has for the about. So whoever put this website together, supporting Mary Peltola for fish dot com, uh, they did it a little too quick because there's really no information. But and the ads are cute enough. I mean, we do animation at Optum at my firm, but I don't think they're effective. I don't think it's going to move the mark for a business person or a centrist, a nonpartisan. Uh, undeclared. I don't think these ads will uh, will mean much. I'll post these ads on the Tom Anderson Show Facebook page so you can check them out. I don't know how else to show them to you because we don't have a live streaming uh, you know, YouTube podcast right now. One of these days we might. I don't think you want to stare at me. Most of you listen to us on the radio, but we can do that as well at some point. We've talked about it for a year now. 
What else is happening? I still like the news about Tulsi Gabbard. That's a big deal that she leaves the Democrat Party. Oh, all these headlines. Gina Davis calls out Bill Murray for behavior with massage device. Kathy Lee defends Regis after Kelly Ripa writes bombshell memoir. Oh, man. New York sheriffs refuse to aggressively enforce strict new gun law. Good. New York's off its hinges. Anybody been to New York City? Good Lord. They, it, it's a melting pot, and that's fine. Ethnic diversity, that's fine. I happen to be white, which is the, a white male is the, the you know, the, the center point of the bullseye. It's the, um, you know, it's right there in the very center of any gunshot uh or any what's the term i'm trying to use in the crosshairs uh, of that gun everybody's going after whites everybody's going after in my opinion the white male when it comes to non-republican and and side groups green party black lives matter occupy wall street me too movement it's just it's getting ridiculous and it's not stopping. It's, in my opinion, getting off the hinges. It's why Tulsi Gabbard left the Democrat Party. It's why you're seeing the likelihood, and I believe it'll happen, of a U.S. Senate Republican majority come November 8th and thereafter. And the same with our House of Representatives. It's just getting frustrating. And if you're an African-American or if you're a Hispanic American or an Asian American or an Islander American, if you're LGBTQ, if you're a female, if you're, you know, name it, religion, if you're Muslim, I mean, you got to start looking in the mirror as much as you point fingers at Caucasians because it's getting old. And you got to start coming up with some tangible reasons why there should be such racism, like what I reported on in L.A. County, where three Hispanics completely bash a white council member and make fun of him, the way his child looks, who's, I guess, either part or full African-American. You know, you got to stop it. We got to get along and we got to move forward. And it starts with ending racism and ethnic disparities, including against whites picking on us okay let's all get along kumbaya stay with us one hour ahead we're gonna go to break we're gonna come back take your calls 357-5868 good morning tuesday tom anderson show yeah it was a good time saw lots of people had a had a nighttime event uh, thursday night at the clear sky lodge right there uh, as you come out of the mountain passes coming south from fairbanks on on the parks um and then the next day we uh, had breakfast at roses cafe wow that's an amazing place if you ever get a chance to stop there tom but uh, and a bunch of people came in for coffee and pastries and that sort of thing so it was kind of fun we did that with uh, mike shower nice um, trying to you know, it's such a long drive for both of us that we're trying to sort of combine our, uh, be fiscally responsible and combine our efforts, if you will. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And let's assume Mike continues in his path and you continue in yours as state rep and a state senator. I mean, you guys are paired. Who's the other state rep with you? Is it Jesse Sumner? No, no, no. I know it's George Rauscher. Yeah, that's right. I always forget that. Sumner must be with Eastman in and uh and david david what's his name wilson yeah yeah wilson 
So, yeah, yeah okay. I get confused yeah. at who's who's running where. And then with Kirka out, who's running for that seat? It's one I haven't monitored. Um, well, I, I mean, Kirka was in uh, Eastman's district. So when the redistricting happened, it put them both in the same as incumbents in the same That's district. That's right. So That's he dropped right. Kirka dropped out to run for governor. Um, that empty district um, that was created by that redistricting is the one you just mentioned, Sumner and I think Rachel Allen and uh, um, Steve Jessica. Menard. Isn't Stephen Wright's Jessica wife Wright. running? Yes. Yeah. 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 The four of them. Yeah, that's a lot. That the rank choice will be interesting there, huh? Yeah, and they're all Republicans as well. So that's oh, kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, that that'll be. I bet you're glad you're not driving this morning. Yeah, it's how did you drive at all? No, no, not not yet. I was thinking about going to Anchorage for the uh, governor's debate. I'm just not sure yet. It depends on how the roads shake out. So, yeah, folks, if you see someone going about 120 down the parks, heading towards Anchorage <laughs> in an El Camino with the seat leaned back with a bottle of whiskey, that's not Kevin McCabe. <laughs> you drive a truck it, let me ask this question as the campaigns unfold and we have another four weeks literally today four weeks from now 28 days four seven day weeks that's how we look at it in advertising as we plot out who what where you have the election and absentee ballots are getting mailed out soon as well so you're looking at the governor's race, you're, and, and I know absentee has been mailed out like out of, out of state and out of country, but I'm talking about in-state ones. But you've yeah. got the governor's race, you've got the U.S. Senate race, you've got the congressional race. What's your take on all of those? I mean, are they ramping up accordingly? Has it seemed pretty dormant compared to other states where, you know, like I look at Pennsylvania and Dr. Oz running or Herschel Walker in Georgia and just huge money and huge advertising. I don't see it as abundantly or dense or robust here. And I'm part of it, as you know, I mean, I'm helping with some of the branding, you know, it's out there, but it's not, you know, I know what Palin has purchased and it's not massive amounts. And I know what, what baggage has purchased and has going uh, the only one in the congressional race is Peltola with the huge deep pockets. Are you seeing anything unique? And I don't mean, I mean, you've only been in office two years, so it's not like you're an expert in campaigns, but you're certainly a citizen that's voted for decades. Well, what's your take sure. on this election cycle at the bigger level, you know, at the broader level, not at the state house, state Senate. Well, I think, uh, you know, I've said it, you've heard me say it before, Alaska is a cheap date for uh, for national politics. And I think that that's what you see with Mary Peltola. That's why as soon as she won um, outside interests and dark money, or if you will, maybe not dark money, but certainly outside money, threw a bunch of money at her, seven hundred fifty or $800,000 within a day, I think. So um, those are, uh, you know, the big money's typically that comes to Alaskans and comes to Alaska politician typically comes from outside interests. Uh, other than, uh, you know, you're seeing uh, Bill Walker uh, seems a little bit desperate with the campaign he's running and attack ads and all that kind of stuff. But I think a lot of that is coming from, from him as well as in state sort of top 20% uh, income people in Alaska. But uh, um, 
other than that, you're you're right. It seems kind of quiet uh, comparatively, right? Yeah, and I look and I look at the 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 million bucks plus that Mary got, and I see some of the ads coming in, and I just I don't get it with Mary. She snuck in there and she, you know, she stayed out of the limelight. She's quiet. She kept her head down, but I can't imagine. I just would have never envisioned her winning the full two year seat, a Democrat who doesn't represent the majority of us. And when we get frustrated and we, you know, whether we need jerk react or we, we overtly say, oh, my God, look at the news. Look at what Biden's doing. Look, look at the way our country's headed. Look at education and healthcare sectors and transportation and military. And there's just a cluster across the board. And Pelosi and Schumer and the, the Democrats try to take credit and, and we all kind of yawn and roll our eyes. Mary's joining that team. And I just don't understand. Right. I wonder if people don't dig deep in their analysis of it. You know, if some yeah, of it's not. just fluff, oh, she's a nice lady, she's pretty, she's, hey, she's native and a first female, I'm going to go for her, she just seems like a nice person. Is that how they're voting? I, I'm, I am totally, uh, I'm totally flabbergasted how that ever happened. In fact, if you're a fisherman at all, if you have any um, ideas about fish and commercial fishing and what it means to Alaska, I think it's the top industry other than oil in Alaska. Um, you need to pay attention to what she's doing with the bycatch. She could that her position on bycatch, and and I am a full time fisheries committee guy that believes that we need to find a better way with the resource than just. When you lived away. in Kodiak for years, I mean, you know the resource. Right. You you know the industry, right. this the sector. Right. And but her stance, they could completely shut down fishing over over bycatch, and that's not the conservative Republican position. The conservative Republican position, I believe, is to focus on the resource and to find a better way to use the resource than just throwing it away. Uh, Mary Pelotola would just shut down fishing based on the on the bycatch. Uh, at least that's what I read today. This morning. Well, when it, if, if you were writing, if you were helping someone, if you were like a consultant, what, what would you see? I mean, like if you're in Kodiak, what, what is it that Kodiak wants? I mean, do, do you think they're, the, her, her shtick is what they want? Or is it a baggage or a palin? What, what would be the arguments there for a Kodiak person? What, what, what are they, like you said, it's a resource that should be protected, but what does that mean? Well, what it means is, you know, every fishery is going to have bycatch, right? I mean, it's just it just happens. You can't put a hook in the water with no TV camera and and say, "Oh, Mr. Halibut, don't bite my hook." You know, there, whether it be long lining or trawling or any any uh, fishery is going to have bycatch. It's what we do with the bycatch because you can't haul a, a halibut all the way to the surface up against a net with millions of pollock uh, pressing against it and then throw it back and expect it to live. So. What we do with the resource, um, I think, is the important way uh, to go forward. And I think Kodiak agrees with that. By and large, uh, fishermen agree with it. You know, obviously, when you're out there fishing, you want to make the most amount of money for the least amount of, of course, you know, spend. But um, we have to be stewards of our environment and stewards of our resource as well. You know? Well, you know what? Do you, do you have? A, can you stay one more second? Because I, I want to talk about how you, as a representative, deal with sports fishing versus commercial fishing versus guiding. Stay with us if you sure. can, Representative Kevin McCabe. I want to get into this with him and with all of you. Good morning, Tom Anderson Show. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve. 
got the hook while my DJ revolves it. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. 18 minutes after the hour. Good morning, everybody. Tom Anderson Show, this hour brought to you by Pip Alaska. If you have mailing needs, if you have list needs, if you're going to go to a, a trade show, if you're going to put, you know, a vehicular wrap, signage, indoor decor, you know, bathroom this way, stay back 10 feet. If you need business cards or a rack card, maybe you're in the hotel world or a church or someone that needs that updated get a hold of them pipalaska.com online and you can ask for mike vanya if you call them with a v mike vanya he's the sales manager and they're a sponsor of this show so i promised i'd i'd mention to you every day that they're a sponsor and that we use them at optima and i do personally we're talking with state representative kevin mccabe and on the break i was talking about kodiak and i thought we'd get into fishing you you brought up a couple things you were talking about long lining trawling and and you know, every fishery has bycatch, and you use the example of you're you're going for pollock and halibut's in there. What do you do with it? And then I said, well, what would you say if you were running in Kodiak? What would be your points? And we were kind of going through that. And I think people, I know some people listening to the show right now that are from Kodiak, and so I think they would find it interesting. I mean, what what would be your list if you were doing a mailer writing to them? What what would you say? Because you know that we design these for can candidates, what would be your points to Kodiak residents? So I think that one of the things that we need to remember, Tom, is that, or and focus on, is we need to focus on the resource, not on the stakeholders. So we need to remember that it takes fish to get up the rivers, to get fish out of the rivers, you know, to get fish out into the, uh, into the system. So, um, just uh, focusing on the stakeholders and saying, well, the drift netters need this or the uh, set netters need this or the sports fishermen need this, I think is wrong thinking. And we've been doing it for years and we need to shift our thinking and focus on the maximum yield of the resource. You know, that's kind of what our constitution says the legislature is supposed to, is supposed to focus on is the, is the maximum yield sustainability of the resource. And I can't remember the exact verbiage, but it doesn't say we're supposed to focus on the stakeholders. It doesn't say we're supposed to focus on, well, are the trawlers making enough or are the drift netters getting enough fishermen, uh, you know, fishing in enough area. The problem also is the fact that the fishery has become so convoluted with the federal government involved, with the state government involved, with the North Pacific Fisheries Management Council with the International Salmon Treaty, all of these entities are sort of involved. And then you throw in a several billion salmon from Chinese hatcheries and Russian hatcheries. And it, it's just created this big quagmire of a mess that is is not going to be easy to solve. In fact, when I, when I first went to Juneau, everybody told me, don't get involved in fisheries and the fish wars. It's been ongoing for years and years and years, and uh, you're not going to solve it. And, and maybe I'm not, but boy, do we need to solve it as Alaskans and as a people. Yeah, it's true. What about the, the, the Coast Guard there and the presence? I mean, you were stationed there, weren't you? How many years? I was stationed in Kodiak. I lived there for 17 years. I was active duty in the Coast Guard for 15 years. And uh, yeah, I mean, the Coast Guard uh, is a big presence in Kodiak, and I think Kodiak is the perfect place for them. And in fact, I was part of a resolution um, my first year in the uh, in the house that we said, "Hey, Seattle, uh, why do you think you deserve six Coast Guard uh, icebreakers? 
you know, why do you just assume that they're going to be based there? They need to be based closer to where they're going to be used. And 3,000 miles is not a small bit of fuel to use just to run up in an icebreaker to the Arctic. And the Arctic is the biggest um, developing sort of area on the planet right now. And we need icebreakers up here. So maybe icebreakers in Kodiak, they'd be 3,000 miles closer to the ice icebreaker and maybe in a medium icebreaker in Nome. Or maybe one in uh, at uh, uh, Port Mackenzie or Seward. Um, yeah, no, certainly for sure. That, that would be closer, cheaper for the Coast Guard, uh, you know, and it would be good for the economy. It would be good to have Coasties. I'd love to see Coasties out here in in Wasilla. Is Kodiak? So, I look at the size of Kodiak, and and I know it leans Republican, but Louise Stutz continues to sneak in there. I don't know how she does that. And and I wonder, I don't know who she's supporting for U.S. Senate or for Congress or for governor, but w- what about the hospitality industry there? I assume tourism and hospitality is part of the, kind of like Southeast. Oh, sure, of course. They get uh, they don't get near as many cruise ships, uh, as I remember, than Southeast does, but they do get a certain number of cruise ships. And, um, you know, Kodiak has a, has a great tourism industry focused a lot on sport fishermen and hunters and hikers and outdoorsmen and that sort of thing. And uh, Kodiak has a great history as well. So I think the hospitality industry is even now is still growing, uh, you know, unlike, uh, you know, like Juneau and Southeast where it seems to have plateaued. I think the hospitality industry in Kodiak has great potential. Yeah. So, no, me too. Yeah. You, if you, you obviously represent the Matt Sue as a state representative. But like you know, when my dad was in law enforcement, I used to ask him, uh, you know, where else would you like to to be stationed? And when he was colonel, I mean, you're in Anchorage on off a tutor, so you can't be stationed. But he said, I was wanted to be in Southeast. I wouldn't have minded being like in Ketchikan or Sitka for a couple of years, especially, you know, he would have got a boat and it would have been fun because, you know, fish is delicious halibut and salmon and, and the shellfish and such. If you weren't a state rep at Matsu and you could pick another place, where would you pick to represent? Would you pick like Southeast? I'd love to represent that area or Kodiak. Yeah, it's, it's Southeast is an interesting area, but I, I think my heart's in Kodiak. I really do. Yeah. I raised three boys there. It was such an excellent small community, great place to raise kids, fishing, hunting. My kids would just leave the house and walk down to the river and go fishing. And, Man. and frankly, the only predators I was worried about were the four-legged predators, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's a, I've heard many good things about Kodiak. And long ago, I won a bison hunt. Uh, through it was rotary oh, or something, ranch. and I gave uh, gave it to my dad, and dad flew there and got one. Yeah. Oh, nice. He said there wasn't a lot of sport in it. <laughs> they were like, "There it is, <laughs> shoot it." And, and then he said, "The thank God they had uh, vehicles to to pack it out." But uh, you know, there's a lot of meat there. I'm sure that he left most of it there. Did, did you do much hunting? We're talking with State Representative oh. Kevin McCabe, who represents Matt Sue, but he lived in Kodiak almost 20 years with the Coast Guard, retired from it. it, it what, what was your favorite thing to do on Kodiak? Since we're talking Kodiak oh. fishing, probably. Well. Yeah, fishing and hunting, and you know, I was an air taxi pilot part time while I was in the Coast Guard there. So I used to keep a fishing pole in the back of the Beaver, and it was my job at the end of the day to catch a couple of fish. And then, uh, as we wound down and it got dark, 
we'd, uh, the dispatcher would throw a couple of fish on the grill and, and we'd all uh, stand around and eat fish and drink a beer and tell yeah. each other what heroes we were for the day. Yeah, no, I was about to say, the, and the weather there, is it worse than, than better? You know, I think of like Whittier or Sitka or places where it always seems to be uh, inclement weather. And sometimes there's sun and you just love it. You're like, I wish I lived here. But then when it's not sunny, is Kodiak's weather less good than, than better? Well, Kodiak is the only place on the planet that I've seen where it can blow 90 miles an hour and still have a visibility of, uh, you know, less than a half a mile. It's, uh, it's amazing. It's like the little girl with the curl in the middle of her forehead, you know, when it's beautiful, it's the most beautiful place on the planet, but when it's horrible, it is really horrible. <laughs> that was a weird example. You're like, it's the, it's like the beetle bug that steps on a rock and says, oh, damn it, that hurt. And I still got to get dinner. You're like, it's like the painting naked with uh, sitting on a beanbag and you see orange color slop on the floor and you're like, God, I got to clean that up. People are like, what? It has nothing to do with the weather, those analogies. Hey, as someone with long curly hair, I definitely identified with that (laughs) analogy. So thank you, Kevin, for that. Oh, Kevy, baby. Well, his name is Kevin McCabe, and his game is state representing. (laughs) And you're going to be out. Where can someone meet you? I appreciate you visiting with us. You know I like to chat about Alaska with you. And normally I'm talking to Kevin. He's a a captain with Atlas and uh, flies when he's not doing his day job uh his legislative day job flies around so i normally ask those questions but where's the next place you're going to be so someone interested in chatting with you can see you um so friday morning i'll be uh, the big lake uh, family diner i'll be there uh usually do a breakfast there in the morning at 8 a.m uh, usually a couple guys and a lot of folks are stopping in to say hi so um i'm usually there friday mornings um have some legislative stuff going on. The fisheries uh, uh, bycatch task force is tomorrow. And of course, today there's a governor's debate. So I will likely be in Anchorage at, at those. Um, but, you know, you can always call me. I mean, I love it when people call me. 907-229-3721 is my cell phone. goes direct to me. doesn't go through my office. And, uh, and I'm happy to talk with anybody um, about anything. Um, you're right. Uh, you talk about absentee ballots. They hit Friday for the in-state. We are already uh, sending out the military. Yeah, but you mean they're going to be mailed out or they hit? They mail out uh, the state mails them out on Friday. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they'll they'll arrive the next week. Yep. No. Well, yeah. That's so. So, folks, if you vote, you can't apply for. Can you still apply for absentee, or is that done? I'm not sure. That's yeah, I'm not sure either. I, I don't know if you can still, but definitely vote on November 8th. But if you get an absentee, make sure you send that out by November 8th. State Representative Kevin McCabe, always a pleasure. Maybe stop back by next week, my friend. Keep up the good work. Okay, Tom, thanks okay, so much. buddy. Yeah, ciao. Happy Tuesday. Uh, Folks, drive safe out there. You heard Kevin and others calling in. It's icy out there. It may be warming up, but just be careful because it did snow. Good morning. Two segments ahead. Tom Anderson Show. Don't ever let me start feeling lonely I cry at the least little thing But it 
This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. We're back 34 minutes after the hour, and we have someone on with great power, with great stature. His name is Mayor Dave Bronson. And with the power you wield, Mayor, can you please tell Mother Nature to have it snow in December, not on October 10th? I have neither great stature nor great power, and uh, the last thing I want to do is uh, uh, control the weather. I'm struggling just to influence nine assembly members, so uh, <laughs> let's put that, that great power thing aside. That I hear good. you. I'm just teasing you. Well, how goes it? It's been a while. We know you've been super busy and lots of things to catch up on uh, for the folks. You know, We have some Matsu folks interested as country cousins, and then we have, of course, Anchorage folks and Eagle River and all of that's the municipality which you run and operate and manage as best you can. Anything big for the folks to, I know you're going to say drive safe because it snowed and luckily we're not going to have too much snow and it'll melt, but what what else is happening that people should be aware of? Well, I think, I think the big thing going on these, <coughs> these days is, you know, the budget, um, our budget we're proposing, it's a $583 million budget. Um, we're we're staying under the tax tax cap by four and a half million dollars. That's our proposal right now. Uh, that's our goal. Is even though uh, you know we've we've raised a lot more revenue and everything else, we still need to uh, spend as little as possible. Uh, the the greatest pay raise we've had across the board with all uh, bargaining units was a one point seven percent increase. <clears throat> so that's. That's pretty good. You know, the employees understand we're in tough times and inflationary times, and we've got to keep things under control. So we we appreciate that. We're trying to keep the uh, trying to keep the spending under check, even as we've had some great um, some great highlights. Uh, you know, alcohol bed tax, revenue tax, uh, uh, rental car tax, uh, kind of surprised us on the high side, which was great. And so, um, but we're still trying to keep the, uh, the costs well under control. So, uh, so the budget was, uh, we're up about 20 million over last year, but our revenue has grown more than that. And, but we're below the tax cap. So that's, what's important. Yeah, no, that's huge. That's a great success. I was looking at, you know, we, I kind of quit reporting on it because, you get picked on all the time and the conservatives get picked on and anybody in business by the, the left with the uh, homeless issue. And, and just to be honest, I quit reporting on it. I know Fagan and others pounce on it a bit more. I don't mm-hmm. because that people are like, Christ, how long are you going to talk about that every day? Uh, you know, there, there's not resolution and the Anchorage assembly won't agree to anything. The mayor pushes forward. Do you think it's that simple? Because, you know, obviously the folks I work with and my family and friends like me are supportive of you. I'm on your team. So not that it's a team uh, analysis, but it ends up looking like that. For most of the assembly members, I know you can't speak for them, and we're deja vu, broken record last time we talked, and the time before that we talked about this as well, but it's reality. I mean, can you get anything through on the homeless world or does it seem like because you're signing the proposal they just don't like it i wonder how you could negotiate with them to say geez okay you can take credit we'll, we'll meet privately and it could be your idea but but I, I've, I've actually said that to my team i says i don't i just want results i don't need credit 
Um, I'll take blame, but I don't need the credit. Um, it, it is tough since since we last spoke. Is what happens? We were in the middle of a literally of a concrete uh, pour for our nav center over on Tudor, and in the middle of the pour, they they reversed, they changed their minds and cut off the funding, and so the pour stopped. So we've got half the footings poured, uh, rebar sticking out of the out of the footings. Um, I, I, you know, I've been in the business, you know, in the building world kind of all my life, and I've never heard of a, of a, especially a government project being stopped in the middle of a concrete pour. That, that's kind of a big thing. And, and it happened, the great, the great folks over at Roger Hickel con, uh, Contracting, uh, you know, they're securing the site now, and, and I think it's salvageable, but uh, yeah, it, it's a tough. The thing that people need to remember, I want your listeners to understand, is the homeless people. We're dealing with a little over two thousand of them were, that we're helping. Um, but the final three hundred and fifty, we call them the visible homeless. These are the most problematic people. These are the people who, um, by and large, um, they're not, and it's not homogenous group um sure but they those are the ones who include the folks that refuse treatment refuse to come indoors uh for a variety of reasons they're the ones that are still at the campground there on uh, at centennial camp um and they're they are the most problematic and well and i saw the video where they're like we don't know what we're gonna do we're staying we're going you could see some interviewed where you know they were kind of cuckoo i mean i'm not a shrink so i'm i'm using probably right. the inappropriate words but i mean they were off the rocker so it's like when so when the assembly says shame shame on you for not helping that person and the person's like hey i've got mental illness i don't want treatment welcome to new york right. city and and i don't and you know feel, big middle illegal. finger how can you help them <laughs> you can't yeah it's illegal to force them to do anything until they break another law Sure. And and that's the problem. You cannot, we don't want to criminalize homelessness. But at the end of the day, everybody needs, you You need a place. I need a place. And the, and the thing of it is, is, is we go, you know, we were looking at rec centers. We, we, uh, <coughs> we, we took a campground um, away from campers because we, because of the fire hazard this summer, we needed a place. Well, this is the, the nav center was, was a place and it was a design built building on a place that we we didn't have to take from anyone else you know if we put them in a rec center we take from kids if we put them on ice rinks we have to take from kids you you always have to take someone from uh, to help these people but if they have their own place uh this nab center um that then for this final 350 uh then then that that part of it that that challenge is is settled and and I don't understand why this got so political. I I just we had an expert come in and he says you need a a, a purpose built building. You know, and we looked at several models. Reno did this with great success, um, and so we kind of copied after them. They had a sprung steel type shelter. They they found a good location. Well, this expert who was also the homeless czar for both um, uh, uh, Trump and Biden. So, I mean, kind of the two political spectrums. And he came in and looked at that site and looked at that building on that site over on Tudor. And he says, this is the second best place I have seen in the entire country. And there was 
he had mentioned some place in Florida that had a little bit better location. So we, uh, we, we knew we were in the right path. We proposed it and then it became political. And I don't know why it's, it's literally just a, just a building. So, um, and it was a place for the most needy of the, of the, uh, of the homeless, you know, they got to get warm, they got to get clean, they got to get fed and then, and sobered up. And then once they're at that point, then you can start what they call case managing them or uh, and you can then direct them to follow on what they call wraparound services. That's what we need to get them to. We need to get them into therapy. That That's what really we need to get them detox and get them into therapy. And you have to start that in a place. We don't want to start that in a campground, even though we had great success. Our houseless, uh, homeless coordinator, Alexis Johnson, had great success um, starting to, to get face-to-face with these people and, and starting that case management process. And, uh, and now we're, we're back to the Sullivan Arena. Uh, we're going to manage this much better this time. We have a different team doing that. And we're, we're, we're simply not going to allow the bad behavior like we did before. That, that, that can't happen. We can't harm that neighborhood. They've paid their price. Um, and, and we need to take that whole area and manage it very proactively. Now, it makes sense. So, your whole your whole plan is right on line, I think, with, with what most of us, certainly in business and residents who say we feel bad and we want to see it cleaned up, but we want to see it measured and responsibly done. And we're looking at other models, you mentioned Florida or other places, Reno. And so, well, you're on the right track, in my opinion. And yep. you, folks, you got it from the horse's mouth. I mean, that's you don't have to read the ADN or these other sources you, or, or political blogs on either side. You just heard it from the mayor. That's what he's trying to do. He's he's made some leaps and bounds, pushed back a little by some of the assembly members. So for those of you in Anchorage, make sure you contact your assembly members and say, support the mayor. Let's get these folks housed and case studied whatever you said workload you know get them into the system yep. so that they before the winter maybe they get employed we'll see but mayor, well, in a matter up. of five minutes i went from all, all powerful mayor to to the horse so, <laughs> no, uh, you're doing a good job you know we're a fan of your <laughs> this show so keep it up always nice when you stop by tulsi gabbard left the democrat party that's nice and so keep yep. it up my friend we're watching. Okay, thank you, yep. sir. That's Mayor Dave Bronson. I'm Tom Anderson. One segment ahead. Good morning. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Hey, we're back 48 minutes after the hour. Tom Anderson Show. If you want to join us, 357-5868. Thank you very much for listening. We've had a jam-packed day of news, global, international, national, local. We're talking about weather. We've heard from State Rep. Kevin McCabe and Mayor Bronson. Now we're going to go to probably the biggest all-star of the show. He's a celebrity. He's numero uno in many of your books and mine. His name's Gary. He's not a snail from SpongeBob. He's a human being, okay? And he lives in East Anchorage. Gary, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Well, I'm calling in because I drove, I finally got over to Red Apple Market yesterday. That good. was quite the bit. Well, I'm probably not going to be able to go again. I, could, I didn't do very well. But anyway, right across from Davis Park, Parks and Rec, and 
a bunch of other people spent days cleaning that area up, and they had put up notices, no more uh, tents or anything in there. Yesterday, right across the Davis Park, where the snow's egg is, absolutely loaded with tents and garbage all over the ground, all around the tents. And we're going to put these people in apartments? Can you yeah, imagine that, what the apartments would be like? Aren't you glad that you're not in Parks and Rec anymore? But what was your position with Parks and Rec before you left there? Well, I, we do, Parks and Rec, you do everything. I mean, if you're the working ones, I mean, not the administration. I was out doing the bike trail up and down and cleaning up, you know, in garbage cans and dog pooper scooper things and, you know, cutting trees and everything else to make it better for for people to get down the bike trail and stuff like that. And I mowed some of the parks. I mean, per capita, we got more parks in this city than most other cities. We really do. But how can you take care of those parks when you're cleaning up the homeless? It should be cleaning up their own mess. When you went, what years were you in so people get a perspective on how it's transitioning? Seven or eight years ago, or maybe nine years, it goes by so fast that I don't even. But in know the teens, now. so in the te- so so in other words, if it's 2020 now, you know, 2010, 11, 12, whatever that time. Probably thing. back in then. Okay, I'm so I don't. You don't memorize it. That's fine. But the reason I'm asking, so setting the stage for the question so people get it, is, I mean, how bad was the homeless then? Has it exacerbated over the last 10 or 15 years? Go ahead. No, it was bad. They were in, we have outhouses we put out. I don't know why they even bother. They uh, burn them. They tip them over. Even though you anchor them down, they still tip them over. Two or three of them push them over. They ruin all the... The doors on everything. It's terrible, and it's, they poop on the floor, poop in the. And I found them under. Used to find them under trees. The park strip was a terrible place. Every spruce tree down there that they used to have down on the park strip, they'd have it have uh, cardboard underneath and be sleeping underneath the trees in the bushes along A Street everywhere. But now they're back out again. They're uh, oh my uh, Nelson, my uh, legislator here his yep david uh, nelson rep nelson well yeah his his lady that runs the thing we're kind of buddies we talk quite often and i talked to her yesterday she said she drove it through quite a bit of the town yesterday under every tree you know any tree or any brush they were there they they're all over the place now again but over across from davis park i would like the mayor to go over there i'm totally disgusted if i was in better shape and i had uh, somebody else would go help me. I'd torch them, torch the tents. I mean, it's just disgusting. Would you torch them with the people in them and no. laugh ma- maniacally? No, no, it's not. That's not funny. I'm <laughs> oh, Gary, it's the I psycho what, segment with Tom Anderson. I called Channel Two to look at it, take pictures, and so the people can so the people who haven't seen it need to see that. It's absolutely disgusting. It's it's they throw all their pots, all their pans, cans, and everything. All around, there's one tent that's just loaded with junk all over the ground. Then, you know, you got the feces all over there, the pee, and, and it's just disgusting. And I made a lot of calls. Yes, nobody wants to do anything. The police won't do anything. Parks and Rec is fed up with uh, going over there and cleaning. Why should they have to clean up the homeless mess? They got parks to take care of. Yeah. 
And no, I, that, I mean, the latter it, point, I agree with, especially the staff there. I mean, it's kind of like with the with the folks, the downtown patrol, you know, not the law enforcement, but the ambassadors. I mean, they shouldn't have to deal. When I think of an ambassador, I think of like going to Oahu and Honolulu and I go to the Rainbow Hilton and there's someone that greets me and says, where can I help you? Where, do you want to eat someplace like a concierge? But our ambassadors, uh, you know, for, for the city in our parks and rec are not doing that. that. Like you just said, they're pushed into babysitting and dealing with crap and pee and, and tents and, and no, that's not good. And I, it, it, we talk about it all the time and it's so relevant and it's so important to figure out a solution to, but, but there's that default of just like you have said, just, and others have called and you're not alone, you know, move them to an Island and say, here's some food. Good luck. And I know we all never do that, but it, it is frustrating. And, and many, many years ago, I always bring this up because I like history. Hundreds of years ago, they would have been taken out and shot. And all those 3,000, if they, they probably, you know, some would say, wait, 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 I'll work or I'm, I'll, I'll get out of here. But the rest would be gone and there would be no homeless problem. And I'm not condoning that or suggesting remotely that's a course to go. What I'm saying is historically, that's what we used to see. And fast forward now, Forget about moving, taking, harming. I'm not con- condoning that. But I am saying we have to be a little bit more tenacious and not handhold them so delicately as to not offend. And isn't that your beef too, Gary? That, that we're well, almost, just, we're not, we don't want I, to offend them at any level. And it's your point is like, get oh, off your no, ass and no. get out of here. No, it, you got to start offending them or whatever. It's absolute baloney. And if you see that, I mean, I don't know if you're coming into town today, but it's right across Davis Park. They're probably back behind the rugby field there, too, and whatever. But it's just loaded with tents and absolutely a, a garbage pit. I've never seen it this bad. No, and, you, and you asked if I'm coming there. into town today. I'm outside your home right now with about 80 feral cats, and they're in my vehicle eating chicken nuggets from Hamburger Haven. <laughs> oh, Gary, we we like to patronize the same places in Mobile. Well, I'm 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 but I'm not. I tell you, I'm in horrible shape. But I still, to my dying day, I'm gonna. I, I I'm gonna. Oh, I'll probably drive by in a couple more days. Or I'm gonna scream at him to get the hell out of there. Well, I'm hopefully, serious. we I, just had the mayor on, so hopefully his team, somebody's still listening to the show. Oh, I can't get a hold of buddy, anybody down there. I had to try to call me or whatever, and, and Parks and Rec, they don't need, they've got plenty to do. I used to do ice rakes and everything for them, too. At night, I'd do all the ice rakes, Dempsey, not Dempsey, but uh, uh, Tethany oh. and Mokey. I've got all that stuff, yeah. Takishla and whatever. But I tell you what, I am to the by boiling in with uh, the homeless. If they can move all around like that, all over town and keep moving around and taking their stuff, they're capable of doing some kind of work. Yeah. Something, yeah. you know. And if you put them in apartments, I'm totally against it. Who wants that? That Somebody's getting rich off of doing that, let me tell you. So, yeah. No, I know, I know someone, when I watched the video, I'm not going to go into more detail than just periphery stuff, but I know someone that was interviewed and I knew her from long ago and helped her get a job and she acted weird at the job and they're like, dude, you got to go. You've got mental illness 
and and she had her, I got her a very good job or helped at least and I haven't heard or seen from her in years and years and years and then she was one of those homeless on the video that Channel News went out Lauren Maxwell a week ago and I thought boy look at that and and that's an example where she was given a shot uh, since the living world to, to work in, have a place to have to eat and blew it. And it's like, okay, um, you know, well, what do you, do you want another apartment? I mean, at some point that, that doesn't work. So I'm with you, Gary. Well, I hope you feel better. Enjoy your Tuesday, my friend. You know, we'll be back tomorrow and we're thinking of you always sending prayers for your health and that you feel a little better. Yeah, I'm still in bed today. I sometimes I don't sleep three quarters of the night, but yeah, I, I just uh, disgusted with it. That that needs to be shown to people on TV. That it's it's ten after ten after ten in there and junk all over the ground. That would probably change the the visceral. Someone needs to do a, a video, and I know you're not a big online guy, but a YouTube video of that, and then people would get the picture. Gary, thanks for oh. the call. Drive if you yeah, do drive today. Yeah, be safe. Slap slap the paws of all the feral cats in the neighborhood and tell them I said, hey, stray cats, how are you? We're going to bounce. Charlie Kirk is next up. Please be safe. It snowed yesterday on October 10th. You all know that. That means it's it's slippery streets, whether it's the parks or the Glen or Seward or, you know, the bar, you name it. It's slippery. And we had some calls earlier uh, attesting to the same going into Anchorage. So be safe. Drive safe. God bless. Talk to you tomorrow. If you drive, and I know things will be better. Oh, yes, they will. For Chico, I'm a man. Yes, they will.